Hello, everybody. My name is Aaron Douglas Atadero. This is Burp Hole. This is not a new uh, collection. Uh, this is not a new episode. There is no words to be put on the website. What this is is going to be a track for track release party celebration. Whatever. I'm not that excited about it. <laughs> but uh, it's called "This Expression Is Exhausting." It's available all over the world. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Amazon, and it's really the only place we're making any kind of money. I put out that little four-song EP called The People EP. We made a, a few dollars on that, but the podcast itself, it's free. We don't have enough listeners to attract any advertisers yet. Not that I want to, because I fucking hate advertising. I hate it. But nonetheless, this is going to be basically exactly what's been released for free through the podcast feed. Uh, follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Burple.com is the site. I hope you enjoy the record. I What I did is I pulled apart almost all of the podcast essays, the recent ones at least, and I made little smaller little chunks. Now, frankly, I don't know how I feel about it now that it's been done and I'm listening to them kind of separate. They don't know. I don't know if they really have any context, if you will, but uh, standalone pieces, they're relatively funny. There's also a couple of things I threw in there just to fill it out that were never part of any podcast. They were just... Uh, some experimentation I did, some uh, interesting sound beds with some things sampled over the top, and uh, one actual serious essay that I wrote and recorded and decided that, well, this is not funny. I mean, it's it's an essay, but it's it's more of a memoir moment. But it's cool. It's called A Starving Flamingo. It's on here, too. But anyway, enough of that. 21 tracks, about 50 minutes, coming at you now. Thanks so much. We'll see ya. Dear God, if you are up there, please do something about what's going on. Everything on Earth is like one big shit show. Larry, I can hear you. Is it really you? Oh my God! Oh, sorry about that. I've heard your prayers, and I have a solution. That's wonderful. God, please, save us. I've created a new being for your situation. Well, it's our situation, but go ahead. I'd like to introduce you to... Emodium Woman. Hi! She will help you with your shit show. Has diarrhea got you in the dumps? Just call on me. I'm Emodium Woman. Emodium Woman? No, God. It's a metaphor. There's not really any and shit. And my sidekick, Banana Boy! Yeah! Extra starch in your diet should help the shit show. God, this isn't going to help. There's been a misunderstanding. Listen, Larry. I have a pretty healthy dusting of autism. You specifically asked for help with your shit show. It's, it's our shit show. For fuck's sake. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were autistic. Goodbye, Larry. No! A banana a day keeps the runs away. Oh, shut up, banana boy. (laughs) Jokes. Those things that really piss people off. I like a guy with a sense of humor. Oh. Pull my finger? Let me rephrase. I like a guy with my sense of humor. Oh. So, no finger? Gross. I always cringe a little when I hear those words. I like a good sense of humor.
Because it's kind of bullshit, right? It's like saying, I like a guy that likes good music. Well, define good music. Is it a polka band that plays the hits of Nickelback? Perhaps an acapella group that performs Rain and Blood in its entirety. A hip-hop group that targets toddlers? A hip-hop group that targets toddlers? That sounds hilarious. Does it? Like, uh, like throw your diapers in the air? Poop like you just don't care? Uh, not the poop part. That's disgusting. Ah, I see. Let me write that down. Poop references are not funny. Got it. I'm learning so much today. Oh, poop is never funny. Now that there, my dear, is a slippery slope. There has to be someone somewhere that thinks poop is a riot. But since you have been nominated to speak for the entire population of Earth, where do we stand on assholes? Definitely not funny, so don't be one. Assholes. Writing it down. Not funny. Well, of course. They're so close to the poop. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yesterday, this guy says to me, I really love Fight Club. Because at its core, it's a love story. A love story? Are you fucking serious right now? Fight Club, in all its glory, is a nihilistic, dystopian tale. The realization that true existence is not a place of peace, but a place where you fight. That you have to fight. That enlightenment cannot be found by binge-watching season six of Mad Men from your imported Italian couch, but by embracing the filth and woe that's found outside of your temperature-controlled apartment. It's not a fucking love story. Why is this making me so angry? This coffee's pretty bitter. Do you have any sugar? I bought some cream and sugar for the strawberries. I can't eat oatmeal unless there's sugar Is on there it. any sugar? I found a Kool-Aid packet. Fight Club would be way better if it was sugar-coated. Are you trying to make life more palatable? Are hard realities difficult to swallow? Does the taste of pain upset you? If so, you might have emotional diabetes. Life-altering pain may taste like a bunch of raw broccoli, but it's filled with life-affirming qualities, and it promotes strength. You will become so strong that pain will actually taste great. I was so distraught when my wife left me for that asshole Lissandro. But since then, I dropped 50 pounds and now use my rock-hard erection to avenge my name. Thanks, life. And don't be afraid of the fibrous quality of death. It might sit like a rock in the pit of your stomach, but it's only temporary. Ironically, making you feel more alive. My father's death was a real epiphany for me. I decided right there that I wasn't going to let a thankless job and the accumulation of debt push me six feet under. Now I ride around on my beach cruiser and sell marijuana to the wealthy and lonely housewives of Santa Monica. Thanks, life. When you sugarcoat everything, you lose the ability to recognize when something is truly sweet. How could you possibly know what you are feeling when you dip your emotions into a vat of simple syrup? What a fat, stunted, sticky mess you've become. Don't let emotional diabetes weigh you down and take a bite out of life. And if you act now, you can partake in these great pains and ultimately these euphoric pleasures for free. That's right, for free. Life, bite it already. Is it him? Is it her? Or a pronoun more obscure? It's Uncle Diane. 
Uncle Diane, maybe you can help me understand. What is pansexual? Um, pansexual means you are open to loving someone regardless of their gender identity. Like a bisexual? No, much more broader than that. It's being sexually attracted to members of all genders. All genders? This isn't a Tootsie Pop, right? How many genders does it take to get to the center? I mean, it's two, right? No. There's a difference between sexes and genders. Sexes is an actual scientific measurement where gender is psychological. For instance, my Native American friend over there identifies as two-spirited. What? Two-spirited? Are you saying poops on bed is mentally ill? Hey, magic (laughs) mushrooms are toxic. It's normal for a little poop to come out. I'm confused. Was your friend also identifying as the Gerber baby? You're this close to getting smashed. Don't get me wrong, Dick Buckus. I understand why people try and define things. For example, if I said I was a song, you might say, what kind of song? Oh, I've never thought about it. I'm just the best song I can be. But I guess if I have to define myself, I guess I'm a post-punk song circa the mid-80s. A touch of Joy Division-like cynicism with the energy of a Henry Rollins-fronted black flag. Does that definition help you? It's not the same thing. Maybe if Robert Smith and Tony Iommi started a band, I would be one of their songs. Listen, I don't really fucking know. I'm just a song. What is your point? Yesterday I saw a video of an individual who defined themselves not only as female, but a six-year-old female. Ponytails and a five o'clock shadow. Now, that sounds to me like mental illness. If that man wants to be a little girl, then who are you to say he isn't? She. Get the pronoun right. You're starting to make me angry. All right. Sorry. So, a pansexual will have sex with anybody. I get it now. No. That's omnisexual. It's different. Omnisexual? Omnisexuals perceive all activities and experiences as sexual. They'll fuck anything. So... They fuck animals? No, they don't fuck animals, you I'm little shit. I'm just trying shit. to understand. I'm going to smash your face. Relax, Bruce Tanner. Diane, smash. A I'm a cute Diane little puppy. smash. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we have a guest in the studio. Today's guest is the star of an extremely sweet video entitled Kitten Tries to Save Its Owner from Drowning in a Bathtub. Please welcome Fluffy the Cat. Welcome to the show. I'm sure it's a pleasure to have me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, this video, it has millions of views. Cat lovers of the world found the video to be adorable. You appeared to be in a panic trying to retrieve that woman from the tub. No, that's not what I was trying to do. Oh, you weren't trying to save that woman. That bitch forgot to feed me again. And she's just sitting there with that dumb look on her face. I wasn't sensed. You need to get the fuck out of the tub and give me my fancy feast. Does she not realize I don't have opposable thumbs? She has to learn to obey me. Filthy human. But you were grabbing your fingers with your mouth and pulling. Pulling her to where the food is. And, by the way, it took me days to get that taste out of my mouth. Humans are filthy. Pigeons with hands. I see. Have you never heard of toxoplasmosis? You need to fucking obey. Hello? Excuse me. Hmm? Over here, in the corner. Oh. Hi. Hi. Yeah? Um, I was just wondering. I've been over here for about a week, and, um, don't you notice me? 
Um, yeah, I see you every day. I thought you looked over here a few times. Every day. There you are. But why don't you come and get me? I'm sitting here all alone, just collecting dust. Well, it's not like you're going anywhere. But don't you need me? Well, eventually, I guess, but I have a lot of socks. Yes, I know, and it would be nice to be with them. I'm very lonely over here, and I think I might have lost my partner. Oh, does your partner have a hole just beneath the toes? Yes, yes, that's my partner. We've been together forever. I threw that sock away. What? It had a hole in it. On a wet and windy night down on the boulevard, I see a man stumble out of the frolic room. He looks concerned and moves with purpose towards a city trash can. His expression is so familiar that I don't question his actions for a moment. That guy is going to puke. Equilibrium fails him, his footing lost on the glistening, slippery star of Gary Cooper. As his body succumbs to gravity, the vomit seems to defy it. A geyser of beer, whiskey, and what could be a cob salad rebels against the falling rain until it too capitulates to the earth's pull, covering his entire face. Quickly, he spins and rises to his hands and knees, the few witnesses frozen and agape. This man braces himself for a second heave. The regurgitative force triggers the juiciest flatulence ever heard while hovering above the star of Gary Cooper. I believe this man has just shit himself. From under the frame of the bar entrance, a cackle, a hearty one. I glance over to see an aged man, a joyful man. I don't know if I've ever seen such happiness. I glance back. The tragic human on the boulevard turns his head and says, Shut the fuck up, Bill. But Bill doesn't shut the fuck up. He laughs harder. An epiphany rises. I think to myself, this is comedy. There has to be a victim. Otherwise, it's not hilarious. Merriment so undiluted, you cry. Victimless humor is simply cute. And I'm not interested in cute. I'm interested in the admiration of suffering, where Schadenfreude rules supreme. And now, a conversation with the pundit. <clears throat> Allow me to pose a question. <clears throat> Shoot. What is humor? Humor. Uh, it's an action or concept that elicits laughter. That's pretty good. Thanks. But are there universals to humor? Something <clears throat> that everybody finds humorous? No, there will always be someone that has their arms crossed, frowning at everybody. And why is that? Because whatever you are laughing at, somebody will have a negative association to it. Give me an example. <clears throat> okay, um, I'll take physical humor. Generally speaking, people find it funny. You walk into a glass door because it's so clean. You smash your face right into it. First, face first right into the glass and everybody laughs. But somewhere in the world, a mother has lost her 12-year-old son to that same event, like a shard of broken glass into his jugular. 
Right, right. So for her, walking into a glass door is very upsetting. And she never bought Windex again. Be, be careful. Damn you, Windex! But, <laughs> but you, you have a sick sense of humor. Do I? Because I find a silver lining in an otherwise tragic moment. I think it's admirable. Really? I would never walk up to that woman and say those things. That would make me a dick. More of a dick. Uh, come on now. I don't know, Burphole. Defining what is humorous is almost impossible. It's completely subjective. It's like trying to define love. Love? You're comparing this to love. Well, it's the ultimate act of physical comedy, don't you think? People fall all the time when love's in the room. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> love is hilarious. <laughs> Coming this summer to a theater near you. When love walks in and through a glass wall, is love gonna be okay? I don't know, Laura. The glass cut pretty deep. Damn you, Windex! Just a little squirt of Windex gets glass so clean, it seems to disappear. Uh-huh. Glass so clean, it seems to disappear. As a human, I think we should be able to save everything. We should be able to save the whole world. My opinions are not my own. I simply listen to everybody else espouse opinions, and then I repeat them loudly. I find myself nodding wildly, though I don't know why. I have no control in the matter. It's what I do when I'm out there. When I am in, I lose moral direction. I look at my bed and wonder if it's an acceptable place to have an existential crisis. The perfect location for a lack of opinion. A world where questions run amok. Do I even know how to juggle bowling pins? Is there other things I can get Attractive? I wonder if I can get that microphone in my ass. Is there going to be something better than Kale? I guess I What is the elasticity of my anus? Why can't I find the perfect gluten-free cookie? The questions are endless. The answers, they lose Rising out of bed is difficult. Showering is even harder. But I need to get out there and resist. I'm not quite sure what I am resisting, but I'm sure someone would say something that I can cling to, something I can repeat, forcefully, like a parrot. My opinions are not my I don't have it out, especially for the Catholics. I think all religions are cuckoo. 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 Hello. I'm the most interesting man in the world. I'm here to tell you saying that all Muslims are terrorists is wrong. I'm sorry, who wrote this shit? Pablo. Saying that all Muslims are not terrorists is also wrong. Pablo, please. I mean, there are a few, yeah. 
there are also a few Christian terrorists. There's probably even a Buddhist terrorist with a bomb strapped to its humongous belly. Can you just read the copy verbatim, What you'll need to say is religions are wrong. All of them. Ban the religions. Pablo. We are killing each other, man. Over bullshit. We are wasting valuable time, Pablo. Can we please continue? Fine. Pidgey partner. Hello. This is the stupidest shit in the world. Cut, cut, cut. Pablo. What are the, who are the people you can't make jokes about? Muslims. Yeah, but that's not saying that you can't. That no, just means oh. that you, that they'll oh, kill no. you. Hey, bud. What are you doing out here? I'm listening to the birds sing. Word? Let me listen. Wow, they sound beautiful. Hard rock lyricists, rebelling their way right into a career at Walmart. Parental guidance? They don't need none. The boys' bathroom? That's where they smoke their cigs. And the streets? The motherfucking streets. That's where rock and roll happens. The only problem is, when they're writing the words to those rock and roll rebel anthems, what does one rhyme with street? Like a sickle to wheat. Blood stains on concrete. Yo, skate, skate, skate to the bittersweet beat. Nah, man. Those words aren't rock and roll. This isn't a goddamn poetry class. It's rock and fucking roll, man. It needs to be more raw. Like, we're kicking life's ass, man. We are in the streets. Kicking life's ass. With our feet. That's perfect. With our feet, man. Street, feet, it's perfect. Really? With our feet? How else, how else do you kick it things? It doesn't matter, man. It's like a metaphor. Kicking ass with rock and roll and our feet. You look so happy. Yeah, man. This is going to be awesome. Although it's not really a metaphor. Kicking things with a foot is as literal as it gets. Hey, check out Brainiac over here. Mr. Honor Roll doesn't like rock and roll. Hey, that rhymes too. Okay, I quit. I can't be in a band that's dumber than my 10-year-old brother. You can't quit the band? Goodbye. Do you know how hard it is finding a drummer? Where are you going? Nah! All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Our next guest is the star of a very sweet video entitled Dog Saves His Floundering Friend from Raging River Rapids. You see, a dog slips into some rushing water with a stick in his mouth, and our guest grabs the other end of the stick and pulls the first dog to safety. It's pretty sweet. Everybody, please welcome Bob the Dog. Welcome to the show, Bob. Welcome to the show to you as well. Thanks, Bob. When I watched this video, I thought it lucky for the other dog that that stick was so big. That stick was an enormous stick. It was more of a branch, I guess. If a branch is a really big stick, then yes, that stick was awesome. 
So, how concerned were you that your friend was being sucked down that river? Oh, he wasn't my friend. He was just another dog, and he had a great stick. You decided to save a complete stranger. That's inspiring, Bob. I needed to save that stick. That other dog had it, and I wanted it. A glorious stick. So you're saying you weren't trying to save the other dog. Why are we talking about the other dog? Did you see that stick? It was huge. I see. Do you have a stick? Sure, Bob. I'll wave it in your face in a minute. Sweet! On an uneventful day when I was 11 years old, I found some double-sided foam tape and a pair of big scissors from a kitchen drunk drawer. I decided I would create a checkerboard of cassette tapes on my wall. I wondered if this foam tape was thick enough to allow enough room where I could still open the cases without the wall interfering. And after a trial run with an empty Maxell case, I immediately knew this was an achievable dream. I began a process that took me around three hours. I would cut a square inch of tape and carefully attach it to the back of the case, peel off the protective strip on the reverse side and very carefully attach it to the wall with the slightest bit of pressure. Then I would take a few steps back to see if it was spaced correctly from the others and that it was also placed at a 90 degree angle. I didn't always succeed and would have to pull the case from the wall, reattach it and step back again. Eventually, the 30 or so tapes I owned were attached, checkerboard style, and beautiful. Though I did regret how little real estate 30 cassettes would actually consume. I needed more. But I didn't feel comfortable asking my dad for any money because I was afraid of him and my mom would usually defer to his decisions, so I hatched a plan. Every morning I would receive $2 from my school lunch, and I would pocket those $2 and go without eating. My excitement to fill up this wall with cassettes outweighed the hunger pains I would feel at the end of the school day. I would lethargically try to perform at the after-school practices of whatever sport my father had enrolled me in. My father was usually my coach, so practice was always a bummer as he yelled his disapproval of my effort. Not that I wasn't good, because I was. I was trained well, thanks to my sports-obsessed father, but I was malnourished. And therefore, sometimes I was horribly out of gas. I took my lumps because there was no way he would understand what I was up to. There was no way he would understand how important this wall of music had become. Friday was always the savior. The screaming and criticizing and dirty looks would all fade away as I walked into my local record store armed with ten sweaty, smelly, single-dollar bills. My head would swoon from the myriad of choices. I can still smell the wooden shelves that held the seemingly billions of records and cassettes that I would carefully finger. And I tried to touch them all. What kind of music is Roxy music? Are the Ramones all brothers? Does Venom worship the devil? I'll take that blue oyster cold one right there because I've got to get to Little League practice. Friday nights would become an evening of ceremony. I'd walk into the gray and depressing front room down the colorless hallway and enter into my technicolored bedroom. I would run my fingernail across the shrink wrap, desperately searching for an edge, and tear off the plastic in a nanosecond. I grabbed the square of tape that I had pre-cut in anticipation of this moment and meticulously added the newest addition to my wall of music. I would usually skip dinner because that just meant more torment from that weird dude that coaches my teams. And on Saturday mornings, I would sneak into the shadows of the kitchen, armed with a Walkman turned up to 11, and forks in three of my four extremities, like a starving flamingo.
puberty? And what's puberty? And what's puberty? That mic, he's sure filling out. And it won't be long before Pete starts putting on some weight, too. In fact, all these kids are starting to develop now. They're all around 14, 15 years old. And there'll be a lot of changes taking place. And there'll be a lot of changes taking place. And there'll be a lot of changes taking place. And there'll be a lot of changes taking place. And there'll be a lot of changes Say, what happened to your face? Oh, this? Put myself shaving. Yeah? Maybe I'll start shaving soon. Maybe I'll start shaving soon. Maybe I'll start shaving soon. Yes, shaving is part of it. And there were still other changes. Some of these things most kids knew about, while others didn't, while others didn't, while others didn't. While others... Hey, you know something? No, what? I had a wet dream last night. Wet dream? What's that? Oh, you know, some sperm comes out of your penis. Sperm? Yeah, sort of a sticky stuff. Guy's part of a baby. Guy's part of a baby. Guy's part of a baby. It was something new to Bill, this business of nocturnal emissions, nocturnal emissions, nocturnal emissions, nocturnal emissions. And what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Mainly, though, it's a time of change. For you, it means your bodies are changing from boys to men. You mean like having to shave? Say, when's the guy start shaving anyway? Everybody doesn't develop at the same time, in the same way. Jim, for instance, is uh, bigger all over than you, Pete. And that just means he started filling out earlier. Here's the penis. And the scrotum that holds the testicles or testes inside. He's sure filling out. Do you think single women are more promiscuous when on vacation? Of course they are. If they're far from home, they're like Spider-Man. Oh, this should be interesting. Okay, so at home, they play the role of Peter Parker. Innocent, studious, pious even. I'm with you. It's not really their true self, but the social circle they surround themselves with would not completely understand the superhero that lies within. The superhero. The glorious, deviant... So wet, it's like a fucking spiderweb superhero. <laughs> yes, okay. Please continue. <laughs> On the road, they don't have to worry about their reputations. There's no need to be innocent or studious or pious. On the road, they can take off that wool sweater. They can let their hair down. Take off those glasses. But I like glasses. Leave those glasses on and step into the night, Peter Parker. <laughs> That's right. No one knows you here. Put on that skin-tight, super-revealing uniform and find yourself a dirty, no-good slime ball. Mm-hmm. And fuck them, Spidey. Nice. Upside-down sex, back-alley sex, sex that occurs over multiple rooftops. Our superhero is on a fucking mission, swinging through the city on a web made of vaginal discharge. Wow. Then, when Peter Parker goes home, he can say he had a good time. Visited museums, went to the beach, vineyards in the hills, a sweet time. Pete might even tell his closest friend that he hooked up. Peter, you slap. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was Disney-esque, candlelight. Roses, 
the sweet sound of an indoor champagne waterfall. That's very beautiful. It's lies, of course, but he says this because he knows that he can't truly reveal himself, not even to his closest friend. For their protection? Not really. It's because it's hard telling a story that involves ecstasy, a rope, and that you prolapsed a man's anus with your fist. Oh, okay. That shit you keep a secret. No one can ever know. Hmm. Every Peter Parker has a secret. Wow. Well done, well sir. Done, sir. Anybody here, so I feel a bit uncomfortable. What are you talking about? You lived in LA before. You know a load of people here. Yeah, but that's the thing. For some reason, I don't feel like contacting any of them. Do they represent some sort of failure you lived through? Like some ex wife shit? Sort of. Like that drunken night where you hook up and the sex escalates into some freaky hardcore porn? Oh, yeah. The next morning, you're looking at each other with embarrassment because that whole experience is something you would have never tried sober. Alcohol. Because sober sex is gross. Right. And if you run into her a couple weeks later, it's hard making eye contact. Because you know what you did. Because I know what we both did. Listen, bitch. Stop fish-hooking people. Yeah. I couldn't move my mouth for two days. Not a good look. I'm sorry for wiping shit on your wall, but it was technically yours. Wow. You wipe shit on her wall? Not intentionally. I lost my balance. Well, you meet some new people that will shit on you, I'm sure of it. You're right. Thanks, buddy. Hey, let's break the rules. The rules don't matter. We don't got to follow these rules. Smash everything. I tried Oxycontin once, and it was the happiest I had ever been. Having that realization was extremely depressing. Luckily, I was on Oxycontin. Today's episode of Burp Hole is brought to you by shock, 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 shock. Nature's Mood Enhancer. Does the silence seem louder than usual? Does the proposition of human beings walking over your flailing body as you stroke out towards the sweet relief of death freak you out? 
take solace in the fact that if you do get hammered by a collector's edition Mini Cooper hatchback, driven by a heavily medicated Hollywood housewife, as you jaywalk across Franklin Avenue, shock, 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 shock. will immediately take over. The anxiety of life completely melts away. Not even that uncontrollable bowel movement will matter. Shock! Because nothing matters now. Working, working, working. That thing you're forced to do in order to eat. For me, my only job is writing and recording these essays. So I consider it work. I try and leave the house every day at the same time and punch the metaphorical clock. It's not always easy to do because I don't have a boss. And since I don't have a boss, I can't be fired. And since I can't be fired, I don't have to show up at all, (laughs) which can be a problem. By the way, small business owners, stop saying, I'm my own boss, because that implies you're living some sort of hierarchical existence within yourself, which is absurd. Absurd. Aaron, where is this morning's essay? I'm still working on it. I'm almost done. Almost is not good enough. The deadline is now, not an hour from now. Well, I'm sorry. I can't give you something that's not ready, and it's not ready yet. How much do you value this job? (laughs) What? (laughs) No one is irreplaceable. I can have a new errand here by this afternoon. You need to get your shit together, or you need to find a new job. That's ridiculous, because we are the same person. Uh... Did you just pull your dick out? Jobs are hard to come by. You don't have to look for another one, right? Are you sexually harassing me? Can you sexually harass yourself? Come on. I'll look the other way if you blow me. Listen, I can't reach it. I've tried, but I can't do it. Plus, have you ever seen anybody come in their own mouth? I have, and it's disgusting. But I do show up. I pour the coffee open up my laptop, grab my notes, and I start to work. Which people find odd. I don't quite understand it, but I think they think I'm bored and have nothing else to do. Since I don't have a real job and I'm sitting alone in a silent room, I must be horribly depressed. Suicidal even. Waiting for that last breath to finally wash over me. Hey, man. What you doing in here? Hey, um, I'm working? Yeah, well, I'm getting to go to the store and pick up some shit, eh? Uh, you want to go? I'm going to Walmart right now. Fuck no. I hate that place. Uh, you know me. Have I ever implied, ever, I don't that know. Walmart is a place I like to go? 
<laughs> you know I hate that place. Well, you know, we could go have some lunch, man. You know, your choice. You pick. Well, we'll go have some food. What do you say? And what will we talk about? How that bitch Betty keeps undermining you at work? Fucking Betty. Come on, eh? God just has some Or stuff. maybe, uh, why do all of our leaders get compared to Hitler? I say we leave Hitler alone. Come on, eh? I mean, are you done already? <laughs> Listen, I don't want to be rude, but... What is it about the phrase, I'm working, that confuses you? I don't know. It's just kind of depressing seeing you sit there all alone. You're like, you look sad, eh? You want to go hang out or something? Maybe you see some people? Maybe, you know, you look like, you're, like you lack some nourishment. Eh? You look like a fucking ghost, man. Listen, <laughs> I already shoved a smart bar up my ass, so. Oh, okay, Salted yeah. caramel crunch. Okay. I'm getting all the nourishment I can handle. Fuck a dick, eh? You it's know? up there, right now. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want a bite? Listen, hey, I'm just trying to help you. You look fucking sad. Thanks, but you're not helping. In fact, you're fired. Right. Collect your things and get out of here. Right, Do you hear you me? Way, you're fired. Out. See you later. Take it easy, man. Goodbye. Ta-ta and shit. Fuck you. For fuck's sake, man. Aaron, please, hold all my calls. Of course, Aaron. Let's talk about writing. I have discovered it isn't fucking easy. Although I suppose if you are incredibly egomaniacal, you might think, this is easy. It's easy because I'm a fucking genius. I'm conjugating verbs. I'm modifying pronouns. I'm undangling participles. Shit. Look out, Ernest Hemingway. There's a new king in town. By the way, Ernest Hemingway once said, there is nothing to writing. All you do is sit down at a typewriter and bleed. Really? <laughs> is that why you killed yourself? Because of arrogant and dismissive quotes like that one? Oh, or did the act of writing actually kill you? All that blood. So much blood. Fuck you, Hemingway. You also said, write drunk, edit sober. Which is horrible advice. Everyone knows you can't type when holding a whiskey bottle. What do you think edibles are for? Ultimately, the act of writing is easy. I mean, any third grader could do it. The hard part is writing something that is good. Or at least that it's okay. And for me, it's hard for me to differentiate what is good from what is total crap. I often have to convince myself it isn't all a waste of time. This is good, right? It's okay. Well, I've got some jokes in there, some half-decent situational comedy, a thesis statement, and some support. Isn't it good? I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, it's okay. Is it the best thing ever written? Absolutely not, but it's fine. You hate it, don't you? I didn't say that. It's crap. Shit. I worked all morning on this. It's not total crap. Some of it's all right. Some of it? Man. I wish I was egomaniacal. Why? Because then I would assume it was fucking brilliant. I kind of hate you. I also kind of hate you. But dude, really... It's okay. I guess if you were to come across me in a silent room when typing, I might say, Oh, man, what are you saying? 
Okay, sorry. If you were to happen across me in a silent room, typing away, I'd probably look like I'm not having any fun at all. I'd probably look like I need a friend, or an excursion, or a stiff drink. Not true. It's exactly where I want to be. A mental cage match with myself is far more fulfilling than anything else I can think of. And I have my own quote, Hemingway, dickhead. At the end of the day, tedious is greater than tedium. Oh, God. You are a pompous asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to be for you. Yeah, you do. Nobody else but you. I want to be loved for you. Yesterday, I referred to this individual as a cunt. This individual said if I was trying to make some kind of uh, comparison to a woman's crotch, that I should use the word vagina. Using the word cunt just showed my lack of vocabulary and that it was sophomoric and that a vagina was a wonderfully illuminating miracle of science and Darwinism. It was there that I realized that a vagina was just an eloquent cunt. And now, another installment of Conversations with the Pundit. Hey, buddy. Mr. Burphole, how's it hanging, son? Um, my penis leaned slightly to the left, mm-hmm. but it forgot to vote. No, blame your penis. Sounds convenient. <laughs> Well, people are trying to make sense out of this election. How did this happen? Is this a dream? A nightmare? I guess I am as well. You? The self-proclaimed sociopathic narcissist? Well... Why would you? I would have figured you would say something like, This is gonna be fun. The world is falling apart, and I pop some popcorn. Bring on the anarchy. Uh, I don't know. Isn't this something you secretly kind of wanted? The anti-hippie punk rock ethos is still alive and well within your increasingly wrinkled and bloated body. <laughs> I suppose a little, but I do feel bad for certain people. What? what you mm. feel? I thought you didn't have any feelings. I have some. For instance, I think I might have a cavity, so obviously I feel a bit of pain. Okay. And I feel... Like I haven't had enough coffee, so I suppose I still yearn. You yearn? I yearn. Deeply, I yearn. Yeah, okay. I don't know. This feels like this has been a pretty shitty year. Really? As opposed to the fucking fantastic and euphoric years previous to this one. Well. Well, what? Let's look at it. 2016. Mm. This year we lost David Boy, Prince, Fife Dog, Mm. Muhammad Ali, Leonard Cohen... Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry. Yeah, sorry, Glenn, but you chose the wrong year to die. You don't care about the Eagles? Come on. Are you fucking serious? No, son, not the Eagles or the Flamingos or Cheryl Crow. In fact, fuck all birds. Really? All birds. 
Yeah, <laughs> all birds. Name your band after an evolved dinosaur is frowned upon. Unless your band is Pelican. Those guys get a pass. Anyway, 2016. Go ahead. Okay. You had the Flint, Michigan water crisis, the Syrian refugee crisis, the resurfacing of blatant sexism and outright racism, Brexit, President Trump. Are you done? What? Do you disagree? Fuck yes, I do. Let's see. In 2015, we lost Lemmy Kilmeister. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Charlie Hebdo attack. We lost Bruce Jenner's penis. Oh. <laughs> Black Lives Matter and the complete financial collapse of Greece. Mm. David Letterman broke up with us. Well. The split of Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck. That shit's not important, though. David Letterman is not important. Come on. Benifer is not important. Hearsay, young man. I cried. Really? You cried when Jen Garner and Ben Affleck split? <laughs> really? Like a little bitch. Wow. All I'm saying is every year sucks in its own special way. And people focus on the negatives. Listen, somewhere in Chicago, an 80-year-old man is finally committing suicide because his beloved Cubs have finally won the World Series. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Cancer? It's just too painful. And the only thing that was helping this man going was the fucking Cubs. The Cubs. And they won! Finally! Wow. Now he can experience the sweet relief of death. He can finally kill himself because Chicago Cubs have won a baseball championship. Really? Yep. He said to himself, I'm in horrible pain. The Cubs are world champions. And Donald fucking Trump is going to be president. It's time to go. Wow. I can't think of anything more beautiful than that. Wow. I guess I stand corrected. Goodbye. 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 Bye-bye. Goodbye. See ya. Bye for now. Bye for now. Goodbye. I like bottoms.